Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the OK Lord podcast. I'm so hyped to have you guys on here today. Thank you so much for listening in wherever you are. You could be doing anything else, but for whatever reason, you're in here listening, and I'm so hyped to have you on here today. So I'm currently recording this episode right now at 9.45 p.m., which is kind of bizarre for me because I usually record these during the day or in the morning or something like that, definitely not at almost 10 p.m., Um, but I had just gotten back from a drive just because I was sitting on my couch watching Grey's Anatomy and I was like, okay, I gotta get up and (laughs) go somewhere or do something, so I was driving around for like 25, 30 minutes and it was getting dark and stuff and there was like a storm happening around me, but then the sun sets on one side and then the, the storm was on the other and I was like, all right, I gotta get home, so... I was driving and I was just praying while I was driving and I, for whatever reason, was feeling anxious and I couldn't pinpoint it. I was kind of confused. I'd gone for a drive in the first place because I was feeling a little bit anxious because I didn't like just sitting still on my couch and watching a show, (laughs) even though there's no shame in any of that, but I was like, let's get out. So I was feeling really anxious and I started talking to God. I was praying out loud because I'd started listening to some worship music and I was like, this is not helping. So I started praying and I realized that I felt anxious because I felt like I was falling short in some way in my life. And I realized that I was feeling anxious because I felt like I was failing to honor God completely with my life. And I was praying and I said, God, I just want to offer you the perfect sacrifice. And I was saying, I, since you died for me, you are so worthy of the most perfect sacrifice, but I keep failing. No matter what I do, I always somehow make it about myself, or I fail in doing it well, or doing it perfectly, and just super transparent moment, that was so real for me, and I was like, God, I just want to offer you the perfect sacrifice, And then he revealed to me, he said to me, that's why I died. I offered up the perfect sacrifice. And it hit me like a truck. Guys, I've been a Christian for seven years now. I, (laughs) that hit me so hard. I, in my life, am so used to wanting to do things perfectly or doing them well. And I realized that I always felt like I needed to bring God the most perfect thing that I have or that I needed to be perfect in order for him to love me. Now, come on, like get over yourself, Kaylee. Like (laughs) God does not need perfection. Like I know that, but my perfectionistic heart and mind wants to do it all perfectly and wants to be the best. I was getting pissed that I couldn't get it right, but God revealed that I will never get it right, and it doesn't matter how much wisdom I have or how long I've been following God, I am never going to get it right or ever do it perfectly, ever. And God this summer has just been saying to me constantly, as I'm like, how do you still love me? He over and over and over again has kept saying to me, this is grace. And if you don't know what grace is, grace is undeserved favor. 
And God showed us grace because while we were still sinners, he died for us. And he still loves us, even though we turn our back on him sometimes. But God, tonight was just like, Kaylee, this is grace. And I realized tonight, all I have is rags to bring to God, the King of Kings. All I have to give him is rags. And he is worthy of silver and gold. He is worthy of the most incredible and beautiful things, but literally all I have is rags to give him. Because as much as I try to do it all right and bring him the perfect sacrifice and keep up this like image of Christianity, I'm never going to bring him the perfect offering. And I'm literally, as a human, incapable of making the perfect offering to God. (laughs) So he did it for us. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it just hit me over and over and over again. Like, I'm so incapable and all I have is rags, but yet he still died for us. And that just blew my mind. And it made me think about this Bible verse, um, Psalm 51, 16 through 17. It says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Basically, David, the guy who wrote this psalm, he is saying here, God doesn't delight in our perfect-looking sacrifices, these beautiful, religious-looking traditions, if that makes sense. I think that there's so much beauty and so much value in every single one of them. And But we don't need to keep up a certain perfect-looking Christian image all the time. It says here, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise it. So tonight, as I realized that God does not need my perfect Sunday best, as I've talked about on here, guys, like this continually as a Christian hits me in like every, all the time. It hits me all the time. God just delights in our brokenness when we bring it to him. And that is the best offering that we can bring him. And now this is not a perfect offering to God, our broken hearts and spirits, but it, it it's an acceptable offering to God. He's accepting of our broken selves because he bought us with his very own blood. So now we are acceptable to him, not perfect, but acceptable. He accepts our brokenness, our rags. This is grace. And I I really believe that it was the Lord that gave me this image in my head once I realized all this. And I want this to encourage all of you. I was thinking about how little kids, um, I did this when I was little. I would make this drawing for, I would draw things for my parents as we all do. And we'd bring it up to them and we'd be like, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, look at what I made you. And it's like some really crazy drawing that is just scribbles and it's not very good. I remember um, 
when I was in kindergarten, the way that I would draw people, I wish I could draw it for you guys right now, but I would make a circle and then I would make four lines going off of the circle and then I would draw some hair coming off of the circle and I'd give it a really big red mouth and some black eyes and that was how I would draw people and I thought that I was Picasso, dude. I thought I was <laughs> amazing and I would make these drawings for my parents and I would bring it to them and they'd be like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. That is so good. That is so beautiful. And as a parent, parents know that it's not the most beautiful drawing, that it maybe doesn't belong in a museum, but they know that we did our best when we brought it to them. They know that we, <clears throat> they know that we gave all that we could and we were so excited to bring it to them and to show them what we did or even when I was a little kid I'm sure that I made little I'd go and play in the mud and then I'd bring back a mud pie for my mom <laughs> and I would hand it to her or to my dad and then they would, then they would fake eat it and then they then they'd put it down or I remember one time I was painting my mom's toenails and I just did not stay in the lines. No, no, no. I took that nail polish and I went right up and down her leg with the nail polish. Like I was having a hoot, guys. Or when you're a little kid and you might pick flowers, but they're actually the little weeds that are in the ground. And you bring them to, to your mom and you're like, mommy, I picked flowers for you. And they're like, oh, thank you so much, honey. But they know that they're just weeds. But, you, but the kids are so excited to give their parents these things. And I think about how when we bring our broken spirit and our broken and contrite heart to God, he delights in it. Just like how parents tend to delight in their children when they bring them these things. That God is so excited and he will hang up our artwork and our sacrifices to him our broken hearts up on the fridge because he is so proud of us for bringing it to him and for doing the best that we can now guys the most beautiful thing about god is that we don't have to work for his love we do not need to reach a standard um to for him to love us and that is one of the most beautiful things but he he just delights that we bring it to him at all um and so it started tonight, this, after this crazy, beautiful picture of, and revelation of offering God our broken hearts and how all we have to bring him are rags, it made me think about the New Testament. Um, basically, when Jesus came into the world and onward, the offerings that people made to God and things that people gave up for God in order to follow him and to love him. And so I'm going to share some of those things with you guys today and encourage you that wherever you are right now, if you make an offering to God, he will delight in it just like a parent delights in their kids little scribbles and puts them on a fridge. Like he loves you. One of the first stories that popped up in my head of um, the New Testament and a sacrifice that somebody made was the woman with the oil who anointed the feet of Jesus. Now, there were two separate women that did this to Jesus, and 
The first one was a woman of the city. She was a sinful woman. And it says in Luke 7, And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that Jesus was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with her ha- with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. And then, so basically this woman, she's a very sinful person. This Pharisee, who's a very religious person, he starts to look at this woman who is is pouring this oil onto Jesus's feet because she wanted to make an offering to him. And she poured it on his feet and she's kissing his feet and wiping her hair or wiping his feet with her hair. And this Pharisee, this religious person who's super critical, he's basically thinking in his head, if Jesus only knew who was touching him, how terrible of a person she was, then maybe he wouldn't be letting her like pour this on his feet. And Jesus, knowing what he was thinking, he told this analogy of this person who's a money lender and he cancels the debt of two people. One person owes 500 denarii and the other owes 50. And then he asks one of his disciples, who would love the money lender more? The one who owed 500 or the one that owed 50? And then he says, yes, it's the one who owes 500 that would love the money lender more. And basically he goes on to, to say more and more. And then he says, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. So basically, God here, Jesus delighted in her offering because she believed that she is forgiven by God, that she's forgiven by Jesus. And so she brought it to his feet and she believed and trusted in him. And he delighted in her offering of this oil. And that's all that she had to bring him. There's another story of this woman named Mary. She's really incredible. This is different than the Virgin Mary, but it is a, there are many Marys in the New Testament, but it's this woman named Mary and very similar story. She took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So she comes, she kneels down at his feet and she pours this expensive ointment on his feet. And then one of Jesus's disciples named Judas, if you know, you know, Judas is he's got a lot to him but judas says um why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor then jesus said leave her alone that she may keep it for the day of my burial 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 wow good job kaylee for the poor you will always have but you will not always have me so basically this woman comes in mary comes in she pours this crazy expensive ointment onto Jesus's feet because it is the best thing that she has. I mean, this was probably a year's worth of wages that she just poured onto his feet and Jesus's disciples like, oh my gosh, that could have been given to the poor. Like, why is she wasting that ointment? But he had his own motives. He had his own motives behind why he was saying that, um, his own selfish motives. It wasn't to actually give to the poor. It was then he could take the money and keep it for himself. But Jesus is like, leave her alone. Like, she's doing this to worship and to honor me, so leave her alone. So here, you see Mary and the sinful woman bring 
the best thing that they have to Jesus because that's all that they have to offer. They brought him the best because they knew that they didn't have much, but they, they brought what they had. There's also a story you've probably heard about Jesus feeding 5,000 people at some point in your life. If you have not, Jesus fed 5,000 people, which is so cool. Um, but this little boy came up to Jesus and he gave him five barley loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus took that bread and that fish and he ended up feeding 5,000 people using it. He performed a miracle with it. So this boy, he just brought his fish and loaves and God used that. Now it's not much to feed 5,000 people, but he brought it to God anyways. He brought it to Jesus and he was like, this is all I have. And then Jesus did a miracle with it. How beautiful. Or there's this other beautiful story. Um, it's in Mark 12. And it's a story of the widow's offering. And it says that Jesus was in the temple, the Jewish temple, which is like the religious place where people would gather. And he was watching people put their money into the offering box. And it says, many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor woman has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything that she had, all she had to live on. Now this is, I think, one of the most humble and most beautiful stories of an offering in the New Testament because... All these rich people are putting into this offering box all of their money. And they have, they're rich people. They have a ton of money and they're giving out of the money that they do have. But this widow, which means that she doesn't have a husband anymore, that he passed away. She put in two copper coins, which equal one penny. Guys, that's not a lot. But she brought it and she put it in the box. And Jesus was saying that she put in more than any of those rich people did because they gave out of what they had. She gave, gave out of the little bit that she had left. And I think that sometimes in our lives, guys, it can really feel like we're just giving offerings to Jesus and we are just giving him the last bit that we have. And I want to tell you that whether you're bringing him the most expensive ointment to pour on his feet, or you're bringing him only five loaves of bread, or if you're just bringing him two copper coins, God sees that. He sees the heart behind it. Jesus didn't, he saw how much money those rich people were putting in, and he said, it doesn't matter how much money you put in. It matters where your heart is behind it. Are you willing to give me these things? Are you willing to give these things up to follow me? There's a story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and he says to him, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, sell your possessions to the poor and follow me. Now, he was asking him to give up the thing that was hardest for him to give up, which was all of the things that he owns. He was a rich young ruler and it doesn't matter what you give up, guys, it just matters that you're giving Jesus everything that you have. And he sees your heart behind it. So even if you just have two copper pennies left, even if you just have that, he loves that and he delights in that. 
just like a parent delights in the drawings of their kids, or the mud pies that they make in the backyard, or the little bouquet of dandelion weeds that the kids bring up to them. He delights in it. Now, some of you may be thinking, I don't really know what to give Jesus. Um, I'm not following him. I don't really know him. Or I'm in a place right now in my life. I don't even know what to do next. What do I even give to Jesus? And (laughs) there are a few really cool stories of these people hearing about Jesus or Jesus calling him to follow, calling them to follow him. And they left things behind to follow him. There's a story in John 4 of this woman who, um, she was at the well and she was out at a well in the middle of the day and Jesus met her there. And basically he revealed to her that he is the son of God, that he is who the Jewish people have been waiting for. This woman who was despised by all of these people, he revealed it to her, which is so cool. And when he revealed it to her, she left her jars of water behind to go and tell everyone in her village about Jesus. (laughs) And it was just her water jars. But it was just symbolic that even though that they have, quote unquote, no value to Jesus, it showed that she was leaving her life behind to go and tell everybody about him. And I think that is such a beautiful picture of our lives. When we hear about Jesus, are you willing to leave it behind to go and follow him? There's also the story of Jesus calling his first disciples. And a bunch of them were fishermen. And Jesus had just done a miracle for them. He filled up all their nets with (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of fish after a night where they had caught nothing. And Jesus told them, he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the disciples immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. And I think that is such a beautiful image. They're like, okay, I'll leave this behind. I'll leave it behind to come and follow you. And that was an offering to God. This woman left her water jar and his disciples left their nets behind to come and follow him. I think another really beautiful image of sacrificing to God, (laughs) I think we, a lot of us might know it, but it's when Jesus is walking on the water and one of his disciples, Peter, who's in this boat, he tells Jesus, okay, if it's really you walking on the water, then command me to come out on the water so that I can walk on water with you. And I think that in this moment, Peter was willing to give Jesus his steps on the water. I mean, come on. If somebody were to ask me to walk on water right now, come on. (laughs) I'd fall right through. But he was so willing to give Jesus his steps and to trust him. So guys, I don't know what it is right now that you are trying to figure out. If you're trying to figure out if your offering is acceptable to God, it is. But he first calls us To just give him our broken and contrite heart. Broken spirit, guys. If you bring it to him like those those rich people did, and you're just like, yeah, I I have the most money. I, I have the best. I have the best to bring you, and I will give to you out of my abundance. Then I think what you need to realize is all we have as humans to offer God are rags. As much as he deserves silver and gold, all we can give him are rags. But the most beautiful thing is that he delights in our rags. (laughs) Um, 
Jesus says, If anyone should come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew sixteen twenty four through 25 If anyone should come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. When you bring an offering to God, you're giving something up. And that's what I learned tonight while I was driving. It doesn't need to be a perfect offering. He is worthy of the most expensive, of the most that we can give him. He is so worthy of it, guys, because he died for us. He would never call us to do something that he wouldn't do himself. He would never call us to deny himself or or he would never call us to deny ourselves or to give an offering that he wouldn't do himself. Like he gave us the best offering by dying for us. Now, if you feel like right now, all you have to give God is your two copper coins. He delights in it. He loves it. He sees it. And he sees your heart behind it. If what you have to give to him is that really expensive ointment or <laughs> perfume, he sees it. He delights in it. If all you have to give him right now is your steps on the water, like Peter, he sees it. And he loves it. He sees your heart behind what you're trying to give him right now. And that's my encouragement for you right now. What are you willing to give up to follow him? Are you willing to leave your jars behind, to leave your nets behind you, your old life behind you, and follow Jesus and trust him with your life and step out on the water, even if it's scary, even if it doesn't make sense? Whatever it is that you're wanting to give him today, he loves you. You bring him that little scribbled piece of paper. You do your best to make a beautiful drawing for him. And he sees it and loves it. And he puts that right up on his fridge because he is a good father. And he takes that bouquet of, of little dandelion weeds that you make him. And he puts it in, on, in a vase on the counter. And when he, every time he looks at it, he thinks, my child picked that for me. I'm so proud of them for doing that. God sees your heart. He loves your heart. He sees your offering. And I pray that that encourages you right now. Thank you guys so much again for listening to the OK Lord podcast. I pray that this encouraged you and that wherever you are today, that you have an incredible day. And I cannot wait to chat with you guys again next time on the OK Lord podcast. See you guys.